When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Labs, the calendar changed to 2023, but what didn't change is our fans' tenacity in sending in quarterback-related questions to kick off this podcast. Not only do we have one today, Labs, not only do we have two today, we have three quarterback-related questions right off the gate. That's how you come out of the new year strong. (laughs) Hey, I mean, you know, we're not limping to the finish line no. here. I mean, we are absolutely not. Um, and I, I got to compliment Steelers Nation on the tenacity. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm, and it the boggles creativity. my mind. You know, they're different quarterback questions, too. It's not the same ones over and over and over again. They've got to get a little creative now that there's a lot of quarterback questions coming through the pipe. <laughs> Well, maybe we should. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to put pressure on them because uh, you know I was going to say we, we could do a if you know if we would do we could do a best of just quarterback questions. It sounds like a lot more work last... for me. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll table <laughs> well, we that discussion. That. All right, we'll table. We don't want. Now. We don't want that. Okay, <laughs> pretend like I never said it. Nobody heard it. Nobody heard. It. Joe DiMaggio's palms get sweatier and sweatier, and let's get to it today with our first quarterback question from Mike Pazant from Newcastle, PA, and he asks, what was Ben Roethlisberger's interception record? And Terry Bradshaw, fans, receivers, and media complained that Mitch Trubisky didn't push the ball downfield early in the season, and once he did so versus the Ravens on December 11th at Akershire, several big plays were made. Cue the fans cheering, but alas, then came the interceptions and the fans moaning. <laughs> Okay, well, this is, uh, we'll just get right to the statistics. I'll leave out the, you know, snappy commentary um, about mo- whether it was moaning or whining or bitching, you know. So, uh, anyway, so Terry Bradshaw during his career uh, attempted 3,901 passes and he finished with 212, inter- or two, excuse me, 212 touchdowns and 210 interceptions. Can you imagine? That kind of ratio in today's oh. league. I mean, this guy would not be, um, you know, he Terry Bradshaw was an MVP in 1978 when I think he had, he threw like 28 touchdown passes and 24 interceptions. <laughs> Games changed a bit. Um, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Bradshaw, 212 touchdowns, 210 interceptions. That gives him an inter- interception percentage of 5.4. Uh, 
Ben Roethlisberger attempted 8,443 passes during his career. He finished with 418 touchdowns and 211 interceptions for an interception percentage of 2.5. Wow. So uh, in 2022, um, Trubisky's only season with the Steelers, um, at one point he had attempted at the time of uh, the Raven after the Ravens game, he had attempted 158 passes, four touchdowns, five interceptions, and an interception percentage of 3.2. So, as bad as Trubisky um, has been characterized as being for the interceptions, his interception percentage overall is still less. Uh, than Bradshaw's was over the course of his career. Now, of course, I'm not comparing the two based on that. I'm just trying to put the numbers in perspective. So, as you mentioned, people can understand how how much the game has changed. Craig Brown from Roaring Spring, Pennsylvania. What do you see as the future for Mason Rudolph? Will he be a free agent after this year, and do you think the Steelers will attempt to keep him? I personally liked him and believe the Steelers would have been better with him as the backup and invested the money spent on Mitch Trubisky elsewhere. Uh, Okay, Mason Rudolph can become an unrestricted free agent uh, in March 2023, this March, whenever the first day of the new league year is, and that'll, you know, come out at some later date. Um, But right now, I can't imagine a realistic scenario in which he doesn't um, decide to take advantage of his unrestricted free agent status and seek an opportunity with another team. Uh, And I'm not talking about looking for more money. Right. But I think in Rudolph's case, he's going to be looking for an opportunity to play uh, either, you know, by acclamation, you know, just given a job or at least compete for a role on the team other than being the number three quarterback. Um, Now, the rest of this question, Craig, uh, how you – you would have preferred not spending the money on Mitch Trubisky and keeping Mason Rudolph. Um, you know, that's a little 2020 hindsight here because when the Steelers signed Trubisky, they didn't know they were going to get Pickett in the draft. So, you, you know, you got to do things in the order in which they present themselves. If the Steelers had waited to see and then maybe look for a, to sign a free agent quarterback, you know, Trubisky isn't available. So if they don't sign Trubisky, he would have signed somewhere else. And then if they don't get Pickett, then, Craig, you're going to be happy with Mason Rudolph as the starter? Oh, of course. I mean, you like him that much? <laughs> of course he I mean, imagine, <laughs> imagine, you know, you talked about more work for you, Tom, uh, you know, doing a best of. There would have been uh, no work involved for either of us. It would have just been uh, moaning about the quarterback. Uh, why didn't they do something? Why would they give the job to Mason Rudolph? You know, with no other plan that they think, are they out of their mind? Do they think Mason Rudolph is going to follow a Hall of Famer like Ben Roethlisberger? I mean, you can just imagine how that would have gone. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that it's fair to say that. Um, they suspend the Mitch Trubisky money elsewhere before knowing they would have had a chance to pick Pickett. 
the the fans' evaluation of Mason Rudolph this year has gone from booing him after one snap in a preseason game to some of them thinking maybe you should have just given him the keys to the backup quarterback spot. <laughs> now that we're in January third, it's been a quite the roller yeah. coaster for a quarterback that hasn't taken a snap in the regular season. Imagine how much they're going to love us if we would stop doing this podcast for like five years. <laughs> oh my God, they'll be cheering our name. <laughs> Bob Lowry from Austin, Texas. In the December 11th game versus the Ravens, after Kenny Pickett got hurt, the backup was obviously Mitch Trubisky. However, the game's announcers mentioned that in the event that Trubisky got hurt, Zach Gentry would be the emergency quarterback. I'm wondering that if Mason Rudolph is there on the sidelines looking healthy, but not in uniform, why can't he simply go into the locker room and suit up? Or did I miss something? Yeah, uh, Bob. What you what you miss what you're missing is one of those pesky NFL rules <sighs> that you know get in the way of you know fun or you know how we want to do things. Laws I mean, that's, in life, rules uh, in the NFL—they're the worst. Yeah, um, NFL rosters are made up of 53 players, but not all of those players are allowed to be in uniform on game day. Now, NFL rules allow 46 players to be in uniform on game day. And only the players in uniform on game day can play in the game that day. Okay? So NFL coaches, unless there is some sort of pre, um, pre-existing pre injury situation where they're not sure if the first or their top two quarterbacks are going to be healthy enough to finish the game, they will only dress two quarterbacks out of the 46. Okay? So, you know, uh, the, the third quarterback, who's not dressed, is allowed to be uh, on the sideline in street clothes. And in you know, the case of Mason Rudolph, we have seen him. You know, he'll have an earbud in. He's probably listening um, to the um, you know the coaches head in the uh, co- the offensive coaches in the headset talking to you know Mike Tomlin. And we have seen Mason Rudolph you know sit with either Pickett or Trubisky, depending upon who was playing, you know, maybe um, give them a little bit of his view from the sideline, maybe try and help him out with different things, answer questions, point out things, whatever. So he can be involved, but he's not allowed to just go in the locker room and suit up. That's, as I said, those pesky rules getting in the way. Oh, they're the worst. Oh. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate Average. Federally insured by NCUA. Three quarterback questions in a row. I'm not going to lie. It feels a little bit like a fever dream. I'm kind of excited that we're moving on here now. <laughs> D- David Sweeney from Bloomington, Indiana. I know Connor Hayward is technically listed as a tight end slash H-back, but could he be used as a slot receiver? Um, the Connor Hayward technically is listed as a tight end slash fullback. Um, and I, I don't think he has the speed or the short area quickness uh, that's, that is necessary in the NFL to be a, an, an effective slot receiver. Now, Hayward can line up in the slot at his you know tight end slash fullback role and be involved in the offense from there. You know, we saw him catch a nice touchdown pass against the Falcons. Um, he had that nice run, kind of like a jet sweep, end around, whatever, however you want to call that. 
uh, in the game against um, was that Carolina? No, no, that was the Raiders, Raiders game. game. Yeah, he iced it on the Raiders, Raiders game. game. Yeah, they're all running together now. Uh, thanks for the help <laughs> on that. Um, but you know, he can contribute, and I think that you know his role um, may deserve to increase as his career, um, you know goes on he's clearly more than just um you know the, the little brother of one of your best players yes. i mean he this the can our connor hayward is more than cam's little brother this guy he's a legitimate nfl player you know that he's good in special teams um so just the fact that me saying he's he doesn't have the ability to be a slot receiver in the nfl should not be taken to mean that i'm saying that you know he's a fringe player or whatever. Right. This this guy is is someone who I believe will have a role on an NFL roster for a, a while, and uh, but I just you know you can't. He's not that quick. He's not that fast. Don't don't put him in a position where you know he's destined to fail. You know Connor Hayward included labs. Don't look now, but pretty nice 2022 draft class that Kevin Colbert left the Steelers before his way out the door. A lot of rookies contributing this year. <laughs> Boy, boy, the narrative on that has changed in the last month, hasn't it? It's true, though, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and when you look at it, you know, the 2021 draft wasn't so bad either. No. You know, that that, that guy, they, that running back from Alabama they picked in the first round. Um, <laughs> he seems to have woken the, up. I think there might have been some injury <laughs> problems at the beginning of the year. You know, and, and over the course of that game uh, last Sunday night, um, I think you could see the Ravens a little bit getting tired of trying to tackle him, too. Ben Filey from Meadville, Pennsylvania. Speaking of Najee. What a transition. We're such pros. Do you believe Steelers (laughs) fans have overhyped Najee Harris? And would the Steelers run game be more efficient and effective if Matt Canada utilized potential three-headed monster of Jalen Warren, Benny Snell Jr., and Najee Harris? Okay. Uh, I I, I have a confession to make. Um, I dug this one out of the archives, you know, um, and I did it on purpose to make a point about how fans have the tendency to overreact and then quickly give in to their desire, their need to change things immediately. You know, bench players, elevate players, fire coaches, change schemes, whatever. So this this question from Ben is about a month old. Um, you know, it hasn't aged very well, has it? No. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, you know, I believe a segment of the fans have overhyped Jalen Warren and Benny Snell Jr. Um, you know, Warren and Snell are role players. Yes. Uh, you know, and again, that, that that doesn't mean they're they're not deserving or they shouldn't be on the roster or they shouldn't be in uniform on game day. They're role players, you know, kind of like me. I'm a role player. Um, and you know, and, uh, Najee Harris is a feature caliber NFL running back rosters need guys like, uh, Jalen Warren and Benny Snell and Warren, uh, as he has developed as a rookie, he has emerged as a player of the, who's deserving of the 20 snaps on offense he's been getting per game. And he is, he is a contributing, uh, running back and as a receiver, as a, as a runner and as a blocker. So he's a guy you want to have on your roster. Um, Benny Snell is a really good 
injury insurance guy in the backfield, and he's a good special teams player. But thinking that carries, you know, or touches within an offensive game plan should be divided equally among Harris, Warren, and Snell, you know, to me sounds a whole lot like saying, you know, if we would jump in the Wayback Machine and go back to the 70s, you say, hey, Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer, why aren't they giving the ball to Blyer more? What a great guy he is. You know, he's um, he was a war hero. He's a good blocker. You know, Franco, that guy, he runs out of bounds too much. Can you can you hear it? I mean, seriously. Uh, I can but, see the tweets, yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, Franco Harris, or excuse me, Blyer, you know, he was, a, he was an integral part of the, the Steelers' uh, offense during that era. Good blocker for Franco. Um, he was a decent receiver, made some nice catches in some big games. Is uh, a significant component to the teams that won those four Super Bowls uh, in six seasons. Good teammate, good professional, fan favorite. But, you know, when you look at it in terms of the pecking order, um, um, Rocky Blyer was Robin. Uh, Franco Harris is Batman. <laughs> On the current current Steelers uh, backfield, Najee Harris is Batman. Maybe Batman needs a sidekick. I get it. And Jalen Warren is a heck of a Robin. Yep. But let's not confuse who is Batman. No, I couldn't agree more. And Warren had some nice carries against the Ravens, but you just said it yourself a few minutes ago. The Ravens' defense wore themselves out having to deal with Najee Harris all game long. I, no offense to Warren. I don't know if he has that same effect on a defense in the NFL. He's not that type of back. Yeah, I you know. Um, and in that Carolina game, um, when Najee Harris scored that touchdown on that on that run, or again, was that the Ravens Raiders game? But anyway, uh, there was a there was a defensive back um, on the other team that had a chance to maybe come up and try and tackle him at the goal line and just had no interest. He had no chance, yeah. No, no interest. Made a business decision. <laughs> business, there you go. Made a business decision. Lou Mann from Ashkelon, Israel asks. In the game against the Ravens, the pass interference called in the end zone resulted in the Steelers getting the ball on the one-yard line. If it occurred anywhere else on the field, you get the ball at the exact spot where the interfer- interference occurred. Why isn't the ball put on the goal line? Here we go. Another one of those pesky rules questions. I hate these God, rules, I hate man. Those. They should just give them a touchdown, to be honest with you, for a P.I. Well, that's the, it, putting it on the goal line makes it a touchdown. <laughs> Because if any part of the ball <laughs> the nose is creeping over breaks, the chalk. <laughs> breaks the plane at any part of the stripe painted on, you know, the goal line, you know, the stripes on the field, I don't know, maybe a couple, three inches wide or whatever. So if the tip of the ball touches the, you know, part of the stripe that is closest to the one yard line of the goal line, that's a touchdown. So that's why you can't put the ball on the goal line because then that's it's already a touchdown. So it's they put it on the one. Raymond Gonzalez from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In your opinion, which five offensive linemen were the best players for the Steelers? Um, okay, I'm not going to attempt to pick um, them by position because doing that, you'd have to leave off a Hall of Fame center, and to me, that's just stupid. So I'm not doing it. So I'm giving you. I'm going to give them to you in alphabetical order: Larry Brown, Dermonte Dawson. Alan Fanica, John Kolb, and Mike Webster. 
No one could argue with that, I don't think. Bill Brown from Suffolk, Virginia. I remember watching an NFL game on TV that had no announcers. Is my memory correct? And if so, has it been considered again? <laughs> there are times when I wish it was considered again, but there's also a uh, mute that button, actually... Bill. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> um, yes, that did happen. Um, another wow. something else that happened before young Tom here uh, was brought into the world. Even a thought. <laughs> uh, it was December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty, uh, and it was a regular season finale. Uh, the seven and eight Miami Dolphins were hosting the three and twelve New York Jets. The game was on NBC um, because at, th- at that time the um, AFC contract was with NBC and the NFC contract was with CBS. That was before Fox. So both of those teams have been eliminated from the playoffs, and uh, NBC executive Don Olmeyer decided, you know. Um, as he told ESPN recently about that decision, you know, he called it a dog of a game. And that part of his thinking was that, you know, the network could possibly maybe try a gimmick to get fans to watch it. And so the plan was that people would follow the game with pictures, graphics, and then they also made it possible on the broadcast where you could hear the PA announcer at the stadium uh, much more clearly. And the volume was turned up on that microphone or however they made that work. Um, so, but I will say this, uh, Olmeyer's characterization of the game as a dog uh, was shared by the ticket buying public because um, the attendance was 41,854. The game was played in the Orange Bowl where capacity is 72,319. Mm. Um, so, um you know, nobody wanted to go, and uh, apparently not a whole lot of people wanted to watch. However, um, the the stunt boosted the ratings, apparently, because uh, Olmeyer told ESPN uh, that the game did a much better rating uh, for us than that dog deserved, which was his exact quote. And no, it has not been uh, attempted again. And our final question today comes from Jason Chalfant from Detroit, Michigan. Why aren't there two-way punters slash place kickers out there to do both to save roster spots for other positions? Well, see, that's what you need is you need like maybe um, an iffy place kicker trying to punt out of his own end zone in a tie game in the fourth quarter <laughs> or, you know, an iffy punter, uh, you know, trying a game-winning field goal from the 38-yard line uh, in the final seconds, you know, to save a roster spot for somebody, you know, for a 12th offensive lineman or something who would never get on the field anyway. Uh, you know, I don't understand this, uh, this need, you know, to save roster spots like their hundred dollar bills or something. But anyway, it's not even the people's um, money, the people that complain about it the most. It's not like they're <laughs> the ones cutting the check. Um, you know, being a punter and being a place kicker, are two different jobs. Um, they require two separate skill sets. I mean, uh, just again, just imagine one of those guys trying to do the other one's job you know, in a critical situation in a game. I mean, you know, the, it's it's the same thing as the question: Why aren't more centers long snappers? Right. You know, you save a roster spot. Well, here's here's a few. 
when you're getting, you know, when you need your house rewired, call the plumber. And while he's there, maybe he can, you know, uh, clean the drain in, in your in your shower. Or, you know, when you're going, you got to go to the dentist and get a root canal. You know, maybe he could also be a cardiologist and you could get your heart valve fixed at the heart same place. While you're getting the root canal, he can shock you. Back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, seriously, it's 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 okay to have specific people, you know, with specific skill sets performing specific jobs, hopefully at a very high level of efficiency, um, because you know, the job gets done a whole lot better in that way. There's been college players too that are punter kickers. They get to the NFL and you gotta choose. Pat McAfee, a local kid from Plum, rings a bell punted and kicked for West Virginia. Thank God he kicked for West Virginia if you're a Pitt fan, by the way. And then he was made to become a punter for the Colts in the NFL. You you don't go both ways in this league. No, because if you're not making, you know, 85 at least percent field goals, and the way things are now, you know, there's no – coaches have no qualms about running a field goal kicker out there to attempt a 51-yard field goal when it's ten degree, minus 10-degree wind <laughs> chill on Christmas Eve. And if you don't make it, um, you know, you might have to answer some tough questions either after the game or at the end of a season. That'll do it for today's edition of Asked and Answered. We always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Steelers and Browns this Sunday at Acershire Stadium for the season finale with a playoff hope still alive. But you got to win first, so Steelers need to take care of business first and foremost. What time's that? What time's that game? Oh, it's a one o'clock kickoff. Thank God. I fell to my knees like in the Shawshank Redemption <laughs> when I saw that schedule blast come out. So that was your last. That was your last Christmas wish. So my right? last Christmas gift. Yeah, it was a little makeup too for the coal we got from Goodell on uh, last <laughs> Sunday. Night. Uh, get your questions into labs now if you want to hear them heard on a future episode of Asked and Answered. Until then, for Bob Labriel, I'm Tom Opferman, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero.